There is one school in the entire nation whose men and women's basketball teams are both currently ranked in the AP Top 10. Pat Kelby, can you help me figure out who that is? Mm, Let me think about that. North Carolina Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022, Thanksgiving Eve, if there was such a thing. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shaden. Joining me as he does every Wednesday is our guy, Coach Pack Kill. We want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first watch or your first listen every single day. Please don't forget the show's free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure you don't miss a second of your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Again, that's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Very seriously, ain't no other school in the entire nation in D1 whose teams are both ranked men and women in the top 10. You love to see it. The guys are holding on to and have extended their lead on the number one spot. The women are up to eighth. Keep it going up in Portland this weekend where both teams will be participating in PK85. But before we get there, Pat Kilby, I want to take a look back at this opening four-game homestand the Tar Heels have talked about. Then we'll look at PK85. And then we're going to end today since it's the day before Thanksgiving, just sharing some things that we're both thankful for, whether it's sports or in personal life. And would love to hear yours as well, because after all, we're all in this whole thing called life together. <laughs> so, Pack, four game homestand to start the season UNC Wilmington, uh, College of Charleston, Gardner Webb, and then James Madison. And now Carolina goes on this five game road trip, doesn't get back to the Dean Dome until December 10th against Georgia Tech. And we'll get there soon enough. But what I want to look back at is what what big picture things have we learned in this four game swing? I, why don't you kick us off and give us something? Sure. Yeah, I think you know the first thing we can kind of take away is um, something that we struggled with a little bit last year. I think we are experiencing a little bit of playing to our competition, hmm. uh, not necessarily getting up because it might not be a primetime game on ESPN against a big-time opponent. And, you know, something to think about is a lot of these guys did just get through playing in the Final Four, (laughs) so this is a little bit more back to reality. Um, So I've noticed that, and I think with the Phil Knight Invitational coming up, we're fixing to see some big-time names on big-time TV. So we'll probably get to see a lot more uh, animated and emotional and locked-in Tar Heels team. But that's one thing that stood out to me. Um, not having Puff uh, until the last game and not having Jalen, you know, to me, we've not really fully seen the potential of this team yet until we get both of those guys back consistently. Um, And, you know, one thing that really stands out to me, and I just want to drive this home, is just how good we can be defensively. Mm -hmm. And we haven't put together, in my opinion, at least in these first four games, two full halves. (laughs) <laughs> but we've had a half here and we've had a half there 
that have looked really dang sharp, you know, like that first half against James Madison. And the second <laughs> half against Charleston. Those are the two best halves of the season. Absolutely. And, you know, James Madison has four guys that are 40% from the three-point line. They're averaging 105 points per game going in. And we have them at 26 at halftime and below 30% from the field at halftime. So there's just – you can see glimpses of the potential of this team, and they just haven't put it all the way together yet. And that's okay. We don't want to. But there's it's definitely there. Yeah, and I, I want to go back to that first thing you touched on uh, about, like, playing down to competition. You, as a basketball coach – I'm, I'm sure this is something you struggle with on a regular and ongoing basis with teams of like, why aren't you doing the things that you should be doing and just being the dominant team that you are? How do you work at getting a team up, to, like playing at the level that they can consistently game in, game out, regardless of opponent? Yeah, it's, you know, I don't think that any coach in America has that fully figured out. <laughs> the coach like what about in japan does the japanese coach have it figured no i'm just kidding <laughs> they may i don't know if they do they need to holler at me because we can write a book and we can make a lot of money doing it. but uh no in all honesty what my approach is with my team is we're going to and this doesn't matter if i should preface it with it doesn't matter if this is a big time opponent or somebody that we think we're better than going in, which we should never think that. But right. the premise of this is we, we're going into this to play to our standard. And we're not so much focused on what other people do. We're focused on what we do. And I always felt like and do feel like if we stick to our game plan and we do the things we practice, we do the things we teach, we do the things we talk about, the things we study on film, and we apply those to the way we play, then we're going to win and we're going to be fine. But sometimes, you know, and you can't help it. And, and Hubert has even alluded to this in his press conference. He said, you know, sometimes the most frustrating thing is I can say it till I'm blue in the face, but I can't go do it for him. Yeah. And that's kind of the way, you know, coaching is. But you can talk to your kids about being prepared and playing to a standard. But at the end of the day, they have to be the ones that do it. And I think that this team, this Carolina team in particular, will do it on the biggest and brightest stages. And we're just going to have to live with some of the fact that they're not going to do it when, you know, we're considered to be playing down. Yeah. But, you know, I feel just, like the, uh, the 07 Gators did that a little bit when they were, when Florida was trying to go back to back. I feel like the, the second year of that, they had some of those types of games. I remember pretty distinctly. Yeah. And I should be clear too. We're not, in my opinion, we're not playing down. Um, you know, James Madison is really good and College of Charleston just beat Virginia Tech and is going to be in all likelihood an NCAA tournament team. So just because their name is not a blue blood or a power five, right. I don't think we're playing down. But I think we look at it and go, oh, we should win that easily. That doesn't really exist in college basketball anymore. Yeah. You know, there's no easy wins. There's a lot of parity. Absolutely. That's some great points. A couple of the things that I've noticed in this four game stretch to start the season, Carolina's three point shooting is not where it was at this time last year, last year through four games, Carolina was 36 of 91 shooting nearly 40%, 39.6 this year through four games, 23 of 80, 
under 30%, Pac, 28.8%. And I know people are probably sick and tired and blue in the face uh, from hearing me talk about it, but this is the biggest uh, gap we talked about having to fill when you lose Brady is legitimately Brady Manick hit the second most three-pointers in a single season in Carolina history. Somebody has to step up and fill that void, and they haven't yet. We're still waiting to see it. I'm in particular waiting to see it from that starting backcourt of Caleb Love and RJ Davis. Another thing I am wondering and wanting to see more of is assists. For the first time all season, Carolina assisted on over 50% of their made field goals against James Madison on Sunday. I need to see that happen again. I need to see that be consistent. Carolina is at their best when they are moving and sharing the ball to go along with that uh, burgeoning defense you talked about. Man, I love to see what's happening there. One thing that has been very encouraging to me through these first four games is that the free throw shooting is at the same pace and same level as it was last year. Second best uh, free throw percentage single season in program history last year for the Tar Heels, and they're right there with that number this year. Got to keep that going. And then a little bit of a stock up, stock down moment compared to expectations. DeMarco Dunn, that stock continues to be higher, getting more playing time than we, I mean, we've owned this. Both of us have owned it well, but we really did not think uh, that DeMarco would factor in really much at all this season. And then stock down, Dontrez Styles. We said we, neither of us were high on Dontrez this summer and coming into the season, but Man, I was not this low on him. Zero minutes against James Madison on Sunday. So uh, some some good things, some some good signs, some things we got to work on, and some things we're still waiting to see what happens. So uh, some interesting takeaway there from that four game stretch. But we want to see what's coming next. There is a bonanza of a five-game road trip coming. Thanksgiving dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, it's going to come with a nice side of Tar Heels basketball up in the Pacific Northwest. And we're going to tell you more about it. But first, this show is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. It's incredibly easy to post a free job. Why not give it a try? Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can decide who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. You want to finish the year strong and just the right new hire can help you do exactly that. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Pac, it, it is these games we've been waiting for. Um, and before we talk about the PKI itself, the Phil Knight Invitational, just the, the beginning of this road trip is, or this this road trip itself is insane. Five games, Thursday, Friday, day off on Saturday, and again on Sunday. We'll talk about those opponents in a minute. Trip to Indiana next Wednesday. Yikes, good luck there. Interestingly enough, Tar Heels were undefeated heading into Bloomington in 2016-17, and uh, we remember how that game turned out. Not so hot there. 
And then that next Sunday, you've got a trip to Virginia Tech to kick kick off, excuse me, ACC play. Now, I know we just talked about they lost to Charleston, but Virginia Tech will be just fine. Thank you very much. And then you get a week off, and then you're back home for Georgia Tech. But boy, this is a rough, rough stretch. And so with that in mind, Carolina needs to get off to a great start tomorrow and Friday and Sunday in this Phil Knight Invitational to set themselves up well for the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So let me quickly run you through the teams in the PKI. Remember, there are two different brackets in this thing. There's the Phil Knight Invitational, which Carolina's in, and the Phil Knight Legacy, which is teams like Duke and Gonzaga. Should be, um, hopefully, we'll see those two teams square off in the championship. As for Carolina's bracket, on one side, you've got the Tar Heels versus Portland. Iowa State versus Villanova, and on the other side, Alabama versus Michigan State and UConn versus Oregon. So, Pac, when when you look to, by the way, folks, so what we're going to do today is like look at the PKI in totality, and then on tomorrow's show, I'm going to kind of prepare us for the Portland game on Thanksgiving Day. So, Pac, as you look at this um, this bracket, what are, what are some of the things that you're noticing about these teams or Carolina's draw or anything of that nature? Well, first of all, <clears throat> I think because of the expectations we have this year and from what I can tell, it looks like we got the one seed in the bracket. The <laughs> Our half of the bracket, you know, sets up nicely. Much um, easier than the other yeah, half. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with the five-game road stretch we got going on here, um, having Portland to open that, helps us as long as we take care of business. Yeah. Right? And hopefully yeah. we can use a lot of depth and save legs and, you know, minimize minutes. So I like the way that sets up. And then, you know, moving forward in, in the bracket, hopefully we move to the right side, the winner side. You know, Alabama, Michigan State, UConn, Oregon, that's four pretty darn good teams. They're going to be competing against each other, wearing each other out. And by the time we see them on oh. Sunday, you know, that could be in our favor. Um, so that to me is what stands out. It's a pretty darn good field and I'm just really, really looking forward to and anticipating watching us compete on the road for the first time. I think it's where our veteranness pays off for us. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, so we have good guard play. We've got veteran players. I think that pays dividends this weekend. Yeah, I think you're right. When I look at this bracket, let me give you, like I, I looked up the Ken Palm numbers on Carolina's side of the bracket. You've got the Tar Heels. Portland is 130th, Iowa State 53rd, and Villanova 32nd. On the other side, you've got Alabama 12, Michigan State 22, UConn 20, and Xavier is the low seat, the lowest team at 33. Or excuse me, I got into the uh, to the other the other Phil Knight legacy there. UConn 20 and Oregon 38. And so the, the lowest Ken Palm ranked team on the other side of the bracket is 38, whereas you've got Portland, who's the worst team in the Phil Knight Invitational, Iowa State, who's the second worst team in the Phil Knight Invitational, and Villanova, who's missing two starters and have a brand new head coach. And so, as you said, I feel like the Tar Heels really got the number one seed here in this bracket. But as you alluded to, man, you got to go out and win these ball games. They're, they're not going to be handed to you. Um, and so Villanova, I mean, Villanova is going to be tough, but goodness, looking at the other side of the bracket, I'm just, as a college basketball fan, I'm just excited for those games. But Alabama, Michigan State, that is a tough, tough first round matchup for both teams. You kind of hate to see that. You almost wish they would face off 
in the semifinals, but you, like you didn't expect Michigan State to be a great team this season. And so we're just kind of looking at that. But um, on the other side, you know, so whoever you play on Sunday is going to be a tough test. I think the biggest thing I'm watching for for the Tar Heels is something you said. How does Hubert Davis utilize his depth? Again, we've heard about it all off season long. I'm going to use my depth. I'm going to use my depth. And I got to be, fr- frankly, Coach Davis is not, uh, at, at least what he said he would, right? There, There is usage of it, but you've still got guys playing. I forget who it was, but one of the starters played 37 minutes in the James Madison game. Mm-hmm. Somebody else played 35. Like, we need to see these guys, as you've said, playing in the high 20s to low 30s. And shoot me, fire me, whatever you want to say. I would rather take a loss or two in the non-con because you're giving the depth an opportunity to see what it can be. Is that terrible of me to, to feel that way or think that way? No, I think these are really important minutes for our team and for our guys, young guys that are still trying to prove themselves. And I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's not that you're trying to lose, obviously, but you kind of got to wear your lumps at this point in the season. And you got to say, this isn't where we're going to be at the end of the season. You And, and you talked about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why we're trying to get where we're going is, you know, sometimes we're going to have to wear these lumps. Sometimes we're going to have to take our, our bumps in the road, but we're going to be moving forward and getting better from that so that when March rolls around, we can rely and trust our bench to make plays when needed or when we're in foul trouble or whatever, you know, situation arises. So, and, you know, particularly while we're on the subject, I would really, really love to see Trimble get more minutes. Yeah, I know he's got probably the most of anyone on the bench, but man, he's so stinking good when he's out there defensively. I think he makes us a lot better. He's a good free throw shooter. He doesn't, you know, force anything offensively. I just think he makes us a lot better. And Caleb and RJ have been playing too much, frankly. So many minutes. I'd like to see him play more. Yeah. I, it, let's see. Um, I'm looking at his game log so far. 15, 11, 15, 12. So in the, in the low to mid-teens. And I would like to see – I'm right with you. I'd rather – instead of 10 to 15, I'd rather it be 15 to 20. I, th- I think is the is the sweet spot there for him. Um, and yeah, I mean, and here's what I hate to say, but I think it's the reality is you've now missed your opportunity to, to do that against depth because now you're, I mean, you can do it against Portland, but now it's like you've got big game after big game after big game after big game. I think Citadel is really your only kind of tune-up game after Portland. And then you're into ACC play because once you once you get back, um, from Indiana, you've got that Virginia Tech game, Georgia Tech. Then I think you have Citadel, but then it's um, Michigan Ohio State and Michigan, and then you're into the other 18 games of ACC play. And so yeah. you've kind of blown your chances to build depth in these first four games. And I just, I don't. There is not much I would quibble or argue with with Coach Davis, but I think right now I would on that point. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, um, and I think. I don't know. I think we're going to learn a lot about our team that we still have questions on this weekend, and it will be very interesting to see how that goes. Perhaps chief of which, at least for me, is is the Armando Baycott we saw against James Madison 
the Armando Baycott we should expect, or was that the outlier in the th- in the Armando Baycott we saw the first three games more the reality? We're going to find out, as you said, more about that in the coming days. So, friends, as we said earlier, it is Thanksgiving Eve. That's not a real thing, but I'm making it such. Why not? You know, all holidays are is made up anyway. Uh, it's Thanksgiving Eve, and Pac and I both want to share some things we are thankful for. Some of them sports-related, some of them personal, but it's just a neat opportunity to be able to take stock of life and what it is and what it means. So we're going to do that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer, hey, what up, World Cup and esports? They've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, well, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Of course, after you check out all the great stuff at Locked On first. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Thanksgiving. Time to be thankful. So what Pac and I have both done is come up with just a thing or two that we're thankful for in the realm of sports, and then a thing or two that we're thankful for in the realm of our personal life. So Pac, I'm going to ask you to go first. Why don't you say your sports side of things, then I'll do that, and we'll just ping pong back and forth. Yeah, you bet. Um, So for me, you know, sports-wise, I think I'm just, I'm blessed because I grew up in a North Carolina family, right? Like, uh, I think I'm my dad's favorite because the year I was born, 1993, the Tar Heels won the national <laughs> championship. And that's just kind of the family we have, right? Like we love Tar Heels athletics. And so um, just being a Tar Heels fan is awesome to me, especially right now, um, you know, just coming off of the final four. Both the men's and women's team ranked in the top ten, a field hockey national championship, football sitting at nine and two. Like we have – as a sports fan and a diehard Tar Heel, there's like, there's so much to be thankful for, right? Like that's awesome. Most colleges don't get that, that experience. And so that's really cool to me. Um, And then also cool is just being on this podcast Hmm. and getting that um, like to talk about Carolina basketball for one. I mean, it's awesome. It's, it's an awesome hobby for me. I'm thankful for it, but, getting to interact with comments on, you know, the YouTube channel about the podcast and talk to other Tar Heels fans and, you know, gather what they think and what their thoughts are and where they're at. Uh, It's just, it's so cool, right? Like I love, love that. And uh, I'm just real thankful for that opportunity. Man, that's all well said, Pac. And and as you kind of alluded to with, with talking with um, other Carolina fans and folks interacting with us, um, we'd love to hear what you are thankful for, those of you who are listening and watching, because, uh, goodness, we're all in this life together, and it's just great to be able to share those things. For me, when it comes to thing, something I'm thankful for with sports, college basketball has always been, for me, this thing that I've just loved and connected with more than any other sport. And so literally, at the top of my bucket list of anything in life, is to go to the final four in person. I'd never been in person before. And then because of what I do in sports media, I had the opportunity to go to the final four this past college basketball season. And then it was made a little bit sweeter because 
my entire life, I've been a North Carolina Tar Heels fan. So not only did I get to go to the to the Final Four, but when I did, the Tar Heels were there. And not only were the Tar Heels there, but so were the Duke Blue Devils. And not only were the Duke Blue Devils there, but it was the first time Carolina and Duke had ever played in the Final Four or in the NCAA tournament. And it was in the Final Four and Carolina won and Carolina sent Coach K into his retirement. So for this college basketball Tar Heel loving guy, I don't know that it could have gotten any better. That is the sports thing I'm thankful for this year. I can speak to that too and tell you I've never obviously been a Tar Heels fan my whole life. Never have I been able to afford a game like at the Dean Dome for Carolina Duke or at obviously Cameron Indoor. So going to the Final Four, watching that game was my first Carolina Duke game. And, man, let me tell you, it was awesome. So I'm right there with you. That is a great experience. Yes. Okay. Pack, what about the personal side of things? Yeah, personally, uh, my wife and her name is Sadie. You got two little boys, Jameson and Kobe. Um, just, you know, first of all, thankful for them and, yeah. you know, the family that we have, but also thankful for uh, health. You know, that's something that um, isn't guaranteed by any means. And, you know, my family is healthy. My parents are healthy. And so that is something I'm I'm extremely thankful for right now. Goodness. Yeah, that's Ooh, amen. Thank you for family and for health. For me, um, I, I will get to that in a second. But first, I want to say on a personal note how thankful I am to have been entrusted with this podcast. Interestingly enough, it was on my birthday last year that Zach Blackerby, who is the head of the college channel at Locked On, sent me a Twitter DM and said, Hey, Isaac, my name is Zach, and I've got an opportunity that I think you might be interested in. I was like, all right, who's this dude? So uh, reached back out. And uh, now about 10 months later, um, this has literally changed my life in all sorts of fun and neat ways. Gotten to meet and talk to people I never thought I would get to meet or talk to. I, I want to reciprocate pack what you said, man. Getting to know you over this past year has been one of the joys of my life. I, I feel like we're so aligned both in our um, sports love, but um, we are both men of faith um, who follow Jesus with our lives. And I know that's not true of everybody, and I, I'm not wanting to push that on anyone, but just that is something Pac and I share in common. And so it's been a very meaningful thing. And as as married men who both have two children, there's just a lot that, that we align on. We both live in the Midwest. And so um, that's been, um, Pac, it's been a really neat part of this past year for me. So thank you, brother. I'm so grateful. Um, but most most importantly, similar to what Pac said, I'm so thankful for my family, for my wife, Maggie, and my two children, Paxton and Poppy. Um, my favorite thing I get to do in life is be Maggie's husband and Paxton and Poppy's dad. We call it Shade Brigade, uh, and we just always break it out to Team Shade. And so, man, it's just a blast what we get to do together. And then specific to this Thanksgiving, we're getting to celebrate with my family. I'm an only child, and so my parents are in town. And so we're just having a blast hanging out, watching all the Thanksgiving tournaments and everything else that's going on in college basketball and, and just running around doing fun stuff together. And so um, praise God for family. And as you said, Pac, so well, praise God for health. And I'm thankful for all of you that have joined in with us and made 
this first year of getting to do Locked on Tar Heels, something very unique and different and special. And I cannot wait to see what the next year will bring with that. So thank you to all of you who have been part of this special and very fun ride with us. Well, friends, on that serious and somber, but man, just fun note, that is the end of today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to preview that Portland game, and then we're also going to preview the NC State game for Friday. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Of course, you can follow our guy, Pat Kilby, at Coach underscore K23, and you can follow me at Isaac Shade. Thanks for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. Make sure to also check out Locked on Sports today. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. want to remind you, don't forget to subscribe. You can smash the like button, comment. Please, we'd love to hear things that you are thankful for just as we talked about it. All right, folks. As we say every day, and especially today as we're getting ready for Thanksgiving, what a great day it is to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow when we eat all the turkey, unless you're a vegetarian or you're just weird. (laughs) Go Heels. Peace.